Hello, and welcome to Diary of an Overcomer, the podcast that takes a look at the issues of addiction, domestic violence, and homelessness through the stories of women who have overcome and guests who are experts in these fields. I'm your host, Jen Harp, along with my co-host, Carol Patterson, the CEO of Shepherd's Gate, a nonprofit that helps women and children escape the cycles of addiction, homelessness, and abuse. Between the two of us, we have over 45 years experience working with people who have struggled in these areas, and we both share a deep desire to help people overcome. So thank you for listening, and let's get started. Hello, Overcomers. It's your friend Jen here with my co-host, Carol. Hello, everyone. And we're so honored to have a special guest with us today, Autumn. Autumn, thank you so much for sitting down with us and being willing to share your story. It's my pleasure. My honor to be here. Thank you for having me. So let's let's just jump right in and get started. Autumn, you came to Shepherd's Gate in 2016. So let's start your story there. What brought you to Shepherd's Gate? I was about to be at failure to protect and lose my girls to the foster care system. And I had gotten a call from a lady at my daughter's school that had known about Shepherd's Gate and somebody that had worked there at the time. And I believe she's back now. Anyway, um, I got a call and I was given refuge there for as an emergency basis, which I was informed wasn't done 10 years prior to me being there. And as far as I've known, hasn't really been done too much since, uh, which is just miraculous to me. (laughs) And I was only there for emergency basis, but yet they allowed me to stay. I was given resources for other shelters in the area one of which I had already been in. So they were going to send me all the way out to Richmond. And I just prayed to God, God, please let me be here. Let me be a part of this program that I knew was going to be a big step for me, you know, a whole year program versus just a few months. Right. But I had been in shelters with my mom when I was younger to escape my father from domestic violence too. And I wanted to break that generational pattern because here I was again with not just one daughter, but now two. And I knew that 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 God at the center of the healing process would be the final healing. And so that's what brought me to Shepherd's Gate. And I, I did. I prayed on it and they had a meeting and then they came and told me, you don't need to go. You can stay. Tell me a little bit about the background. You were married husband was abusive. What the failure to protect means that there's a there's a destructive home life that they're saying that you are not protecting your children from. Just want to clarify on that term. That was exactly it. They were saying that because I stayed and kept on going back. Um, so not only stayed, but yeah, I did leave, but then went back, left and then went back so many times. Um, that's where I was at failure to protect because I was bringing my girls back into what was for me an unsafe situation. And they were able to see that here and there, unfortunately. This is very common for women that, um, are falling into domestic violence that in the court system, they fall responsible for protecting their children and that judges will, will, award children to the court and to the foster care system because the woman, the mother of these children did not protect her children. Uh, It's such a, it's such a hardship because they really, 
make the woman make definite choices in her life, whether to be married, whether to walk away for the welfare of those children. Hard decision. And especially when, if you're not employed, you don't have bank accounts, um, right. and the financial means to have legal representation or uh, where are you going to live with those children to protect them? Yeah, I'm so glad you came to Shepherd's Gate and found that that safety mm-hmm. um, for you and your girls so you could stop and process and start the healing for all of you. And on that, like, was so huge for me, too, to be able to stop and process. And that was something that I also had to learn how to do, <laughs> which was hard to do because coming from a chaotic situation and I didn't even realize it so much when I was in it until after I stepped out of it that or disruptive that it was in my life and for the girls and how much I had going on in my head at the same time but to to be able to be in a place and let it to just seep out that was a weird feeling for me but the Mm. DBT therapy that I did get was very helpful even just being able to clear my mind, it took me a few times to be able to get it. And I, you know, but my um, caseworker was just so wonderful with me and so patient <laughs> to help guide me into that, to be able to be in the present, to be able to heal. And then let me also speak in on the love of the community too, because the love that I saw from the community that they brought in helped to shatter the shame. I felt so much shame and guilt when I went into Shepherd's Gate. I'm going to try not to cry. (laughs) That, and the embarrassment I felt of here I am again, not just with one of my children, but now with two. The love that I received and just the hearts of everybody to serve and to care and to love, and I didn't have that judgment, it helped me heal. That love from the community really helped me heal. And help to shatter those walls of shame. There are amazing volunteers out there that uh, pour into the women that come to Shepherd's Gate and teach classes and sit down and have a cup of coffee with you and treat you like a normal person. Yeah. Uh, those are the things that you're probably talking about that helped you feel normal. Um, yeah. And, you know, I'm sure you're looking around at teachers of your kids. Do they know what's happening? Do they know we're in a shelter? And which and a lot that of it brings a shame. Surprising that in a little bit, but yet when I got hired at Ulta, they had no idea I was in a shelter. So that's a testament to Shepherd's Gate and how human I could feel again. <laughs> you know. And even finding out about myself, I loved the self, a lot of the self-discovery classes because I came in sometimes not even being able to decide what I really wanted to even eat. You know, it's like, what do you want? You know, what, what does everybody else want? What am I making? And then I'll just go ahead and, and go along, you know, because I have no idea. It was yeah, just that's... simple things like that. I didn't, I wasn't plugged into myself enough to know. That is part of the trauma. And women coming out of DV or other traumatic situations and having a safe place to be 
in order to make basic choices in their lives. What are you going to make for your kids to eat tonight? We, we aren't a shelter that makes your meals for you. We want to equip and give you the foundation so you can do it in the program and when you graduate from the program. Uh, so, but in those early days, it is a lot of um, making health, you getting healthy so you can make good healthy choices for you and your family. Well, and you had said that you had been to previous shelters, um, and I know that those other shelters weren't like Christ-centered, Christian-based. So what is, I know that they do good, you know, we're not here to bash them, but um, what's the difference that you found for yourself between going to those shelters a few times and then coming to Shepherd's Gate? Great guidance, for one, to the point of it, it, because it was structured more structured, you know, of this is, and also to, and I see it is to fit all different dynamics, you know, and all different backgrounds of, because people come into Shepherd's Gate with so many different backgrounds. No one story is exactly the same. And then, but yeah, very, very structured on this is what you're going to do, holding accountability. So there were times where I had gone to a shelter and then was only there for a few days, maybe a week. And then I went back. And so part of that was that, and then yes, the structure, the multitude of classes, you know, like boundaries was huge. I was learning on domestic violence and the other that just that center of God being there. Mm -hmm. And then the really, you know, linking in the community too, the community living, which is not easy to do, but yeah, being held accountable. Did you know Christ when you came? I did. Yeah. I was mostly raised in um, Saddleback Church. So mostly at Saddleback Church, um, baptized there when I was 12. And my mom got a dream victory outreach. And so she looked it up in the morning. And it's an international church. They do a lot of evangelizing. And so in high school, we drove from Laguna Hills all the way to La Puente in LA, which was where the mother church was at that point in time. Now it's changed. Um, But yeah, and I was in a girls group. and went back and forth because <laughs> I had to do also to be a part of the the choir and the girls group there um had to do bible studies and stuff like that too so I would do homework in the car and, <laughs> and then go to the bible study and then go back which I feel was kind of a way of God conditioning me for a place that he has me now which is I a testimony of God equipping the called versus calling the equipped in this mm-hmm. I am worship director of community services at the Air Force out here. And that's been so wonderful. So yeah, part of that and, you know, staying rooted in just the fruit that God can bear from that. There's two things. One is for you to escape domestic violence, because many times it takes seven times for a woman to escape. And how you explained that you went back, back and forth, Um, And one of the main things of the reason why women are scared to leave their domestic violence partner is because of the fear of being homeless and especially with your kids. Uh, And and that is just a leap of a huge faith to say, 
I'm going to escape and I'm going to trust Shepherd's Gate and I'm going to come into their safe place um, and let them care for me and my kids. And that is, that keeps women from leaving domestic violence. That, that step forward. Were you scared to leave your domestic violence? To a degree. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then it, it tugged my heart, you know, I thought, you know, if I love this person, it'll conquer all, you know, but I have human love. (laughs) I don't have God's love. God's love conquers all. Mm -hmm. And being at Shepherd's Gate really, yeah, the structure, the, the time that was taken with me. And as I saw every woman with, okay, this is your story. This is what your needs are. Let's tackle it. And here you go. Here's also what you can do. And this is what we will do. It's customized. Yes. Yes. Very much so. It wasn't a, this is our, what we've got. Here you go for everybody. It was that individual time that was taken for each and every one of us that really also hit home for me as well. And I could feel it in the air too, in the atmosphere, just being there, going there. You just feel this. It's like you walk into the doors of Shepherd's Gate and you're greeted with an atmosphere of a hug, Mm -hmm. you know, a warm, genuine hug is what it feels like when you walk through the doors. A woman recently shared her testimony with me and she ran from the car to the front door to the staff for that hug, for that safety. But the way she described it, it seemed like it was a movie um, where you're running to the the embassy and shut the gate, lock the door. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm safe. I, I'm an American kind of thing. Um, that's, I think, a lot of women's stories. Protecting you, that's one of your primary things is safety, shelter, food. Those immediate. How many times I went into the house mom's office and was just like... Yeah. <laughs> Later, I'm like, how do you do this? <laughs> you carry everybody's stuff. And you got to really be able to compartmentalize. And because once you carry the empathy, it can be heavy. After it's an amazing team that God has brought to Shepherd's Gate to work 24 by 7, yeah. staffing um, all day, all night, all week. And each person has different personalities, but they're all equipped to care and love and listen to women and help guide them on their journeys. The interesting fact is that probably 50% of the women that come to Shepherd's Gate don't know the Lord. So they are discovering God's love for the first time. There are women in domestic violence, some in homelessness, some in court, for child welfare reunification. Some are there for addiction. It's it's a wide range of women that are in a community living to be that sisterhood to help one another as well. Some of our new classes and process groups help women be able to share their story in the community living. And I think that brings even more of a loving environment that you don't even have to be ashamed of who you are 
and what brought you to Shepherd's Gate in front of your sisters that you live with. And that's not easy to do either. I'm still somewhat in community living, you know, sharing a home with another single mom. And it's not easy. <laughs> you, know, you get so many different backgrounds, like you said, and different ways of living. And it can be hard there. It just, it made, it was so easy. Such a breeze. You really are wrapped up and sealed in that sisterhood of love and understanding yeah. and grace. So fast forward, you graduate, you have your girls and you're working at uh, Ulta and yeah. you are a worship leader. That's a pretty amazing story of yeah. transformation and overcoming your personal situation. Yeah, I was able to dive right back into my career as a hairdresser after graduating. And I was still there as I was finding, you know, my next spot of housing, which I had a great amount of time to do so on Shepherd's Gate. But yeah, and I, like I said, when I got hired at Ulta, when my manager found out and I told her, oh, I'm I'm moving and so I need this time off. She was like, wait, what? You're in a, you're at Shepherd's Gate. She's like, I had no idea. I could not, like, I wouldn't, she wouldn't have known. Mm -hmm. And, but that's also how real I felt though, too. You know, I did feel more equipped. I did feel more grounded. I did major thing for me was loving myself again for the first mm -hmm. time in a long, long time and being able to fill my cup. So I had more to overfill to others and which I, you know, still do and keeping that in check, knowing how to call myself out which I think is wonderful when we can call ourselves out in love instead of being hard on ourselves. I used to be very hard on myself. And it's like, I see it as the devil's playground, right? He puts us in this playground that is like a hamster wheel and we're working really, really, really hard trying to go somewhere, getting really exhausted, but realize we didn't go anywhere. And so that's where I've been in a lot of circumstances, but coming out of that, it was just like, no. My home is is God's home. It's his place. Grasp the greatness that he has for me now. So holding on to that, staying grounded in that, and you know where I built those roots in that at Shepherd's Gate, and now seeing it bear fruit within work and doing really, really well. I've been at Ulta now for seven years. Good. Still there. Don't plan on going anywhere else. <laughs> Love it. Have great benefits there too as well. Yeah. And then leading worship at the Air Force Base, that has been quite a ride. And I, so humbling. And it's, I call it, it's my lifeline. You know, worship is definitely my lifeline. It brings me back, you know, to the, to the base of God's command. And that's, I love being there and seeing the hearts of those that serve our country too, for our freedoms, to be able to have that in my life every day. And know, you know, like being at Shepherd's Gate every day, we had the blessing of being able to have a multiple amount of Bible studies in, in different forms too, whether somebody coming in to speak. Those certain tools and, and connections that I'm taking in my everyday life today, you know, it didn't just stop when I, I graduated or right. the doors were tools that were given to me there at Shepherd's Gate that have implemented them to my today so that I'm stronger today too. You know, like I'm better at communicating I used to not like conflict. And so I would kind of back off from communicating. Now I'll communicate. 
So I feel that at times where it does get hard in certain places of life, I've got the tools to combat and being able to go back and see the women too. And I've been able to go back and be blessed by blessing, you know, and sometimes I'm like, am I really getting, you know, am I really giving as much as I'm getting out of this? It's kind mm. of what it feels like sometimes <laughs> to go back and, you know, to be able to share some of my story with the ladies there that are there presently and, you know, or have been, and some of them I still kind of keep in contact with here and there too, you know, that have been there. And like you said, it's the sisterhood and I have four sisters. So I know I understand that bond and how precious it is. And it, to see it also being able to be outsourced in other areas of life is fabulous. Yeah. Our alumni program is an important aspect of our, our long-term rebuilding and recovery um, process. And it's not over the day you graduate. You you are still a part of us and a part of the, the sisterhood and to support one another. And so since you graduated, we've increased our alumni program so much more. And I get excited when I see our campuses hustling and bustling at night with our alumni um, coming back and their kids their kids return because that's the place they first felt safe. And so they love to come back too. I love the alumni portion of our program. And not a lot of programs have that component. For seven years, I've not been forgotten. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Absolutely. That is such a great statement. And with your worshiping, you have a beautiful gift of your voice and to be able to minister in a different way through worship songs and how you touch people's hearts with your words. And you've sang at our galas, and I appreciate you so much for for that gift that you provide others. And I can't imagine what it's like on Sundays when you go do that on ba- on the base. Thank you so much for doing that because that's a ministry in itself. I'm really, really seeing the honor to give and receiving in the giving and learning that. Well, that's another portion of our program that we try to teach women is to give back or to give to the woman that's coming behind you because... Uh, There's so many women out there that need all of these tools and equipping. You are a tremendous overcomer story. Thank you for being in help and being a strong uh, anchor in that. Well, and in that spirit of kind of giving back, if somebody is listening today and they're in the midst of a domestic violence situation, what would your advice to them be? You're stronger than you know. There is a better way of life out there and hold on to hope and keep moving forward. Free, there's freedom. There is freedom. Today, how old are your girls? Priyanka is going to be 14 on Thursday, and Ravina is nine. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And they're doing good? Overall, yes, they are. They are doing oh. very good. They're um, on the honor roll at school, and uh, Priyanka is about to graduate. She wants to either be a geneticist, a biologist, or a veterinarian. And then Ravina is pretty much straight A student, had one B all year, I think. And but they are she's very outgoing, very social. Uh, they yeah, they're just they're beautiful. And they have a heart for God too. 
which is fabulous. Mm-hmm. I love seeing that, you know, because ultimately they're his, right? Right. He just entrusted them to me. I, just to see them in their walk with him at this young age too has been wonderful. Not just one transformed life, but three. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's so great to hear about young girls that have goals and are excited for their education. So good job, mom. Thank you. And Absolutely. thank you for the the uh, jump start that I got and all the help and for keeping me in the loop of everything too. I really, really appreciate that. Well, I love what you said. You're after seven years, you're not forgotten. You're still a part of the Shepherd's Gate family and and I think that that's an important piece. I remember, you know, every year around the holidays, we would get women that would come back to spend the holidays at Shepherd's Gate because that was their home. That was their family. They didn't have really anybody else. It seemed like Thanksgiving was, you'd get to see women who had been there five, 10 years ago that would come home with their kids or it was neat. Yeah really special, very special place. God's doing awesome things. And we're just grateful that you shared your story with us. Thank you, Autumn. Really. Thanks for being so open and honest and, and no more shame. Yeah. No, no more shame. Right. No more shame. It was something that was not in the garden of Eden. It was (laughs) not intended. It was not known until, you know, eating sin came in. Yeah, exactly. And to have a glimmer of that and what life will be like when Jesus comes again is such a blessing. Mm -hmm. Really good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for joining us again for this episode. And as always, may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. We thank you so much and are grateful for you, um, Overcomer. Any of the things that have been mentioned here by Autumn or by us will be in the show notes. So If there was something that you didn't catch or wanted more information on, look at the show notes and we'll catch you next time. God bless.